This podcast is supported by Evernorth Health Services. Good evening. Welcome to The Whole Story. I'm Anderson Cooper. On May 24, 2022, a gunman walked into Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas and killed 19 children and two teachers before he was finally killed by police 77 minutes later. It's one of the worst school shootings in U.S. history. And what makes it even harder to understand is that 376 law enforcement personnel responded to the scene, but it took them more than an hour before they actually moved to breach the classroom and confront the shooter. They waited while children inside lay injured and dying. Over the past year, CNN Shimon Prokupes and his team have been digging for answers, and through sources, they've obtained the entire investigative case file, which includes thousands of documents, hundreds of hours of footage, and multiple audio recordings. Uvalde city officials haven't seen all this evidence, neither have the families of the victims until now. In this next hour, we're going to show you new video from the aftermath, and it's tough to watch and sometimes shocking. The only images or sound from children are those who survived that day, and the only sound of gunfire you'll hear is between police and the shooter. Now, we've shown the footage you're about to see to all the parents of the surviving children who are in the video, and they've given us approval to show all of it. They told Shimon they want people to understand what this kind of violence does to kids and hope the reality of this video will lead to some change. They also hope police responding to future shootings will learn from this. Surviving Uvalde, inside a school shooting. Families are asking for transparency. Do you think the Excuse job me. you did that day was Pardon adequate? Me. People are saying that you are interfering in their investigation. Sorry. Please. A year after the shooting, like it. families who lost everything still don't fully know what happened. Hi, baby. 
and the children who survived that day will never be the same. The cereal's there. Gigi. Come here. You want water? Okay. I hear people say, like, that, you know, it's the, this was the worst day of our lives. But I don't see days. It's just the beginning of the worst part of our lives. It doesn't get better. It's just been longer since we've seen her. Nothing feels right, or we really just miss her. Get cover! Hold it, watch that door! Lexi Rubio was in room 111, where no students survived. She was 10 years old. Felix wasn't working that day, so he dropped me off at the newspaper. I started hearing on the scanner there at work about a, a shooting on a street, a residential street, um, ended up being Diaz Street. It's blurry from there. He's gonna be armed with a rifle, repeat, armed with a rifle. Oh, I thought we had, no, Felix wasn't on duty, but he heard something was happening at the school and rushed to the scene. He got there almost an hour after the gunman. The scene was already chaos. There was nothing he could have done to save her. What is your understanding of what went wrong that day? My understanding is this first group of officers that come in. They're shot at, they retreat, and they never go back in. They let children die in that classroom. Ah. Am I bleeding? Am I bleeding? Am I bleeding? Ugh, my wife's classroom. And I can't even explain to you what they've taken from me. He's in the class. It's more than just lives. You know, maybe Lexi's gone immediately, but that's what they've taken from me, those answers. Had they engaged immediately and my child is deceased, then I know in my heart that she wasn't scared very long. But because they waited so long, now I'll never know. I don't know if it was fast, and I don't know if it took 30, 40 minutes. And that's hard. That's hard to sit with. I realize that that's almost certainly resulting in some fatalities on their part. But it should have been them and not kids. Look good? Mm. Beautiful mom. Oh, that is pretty. We thought she'd like these. These are cute. Sunflowers. Yeah. Sunflowers kind of demand your attention. I think that sounds like Lexi. Have you been able to get any kind of answers from the DA or any other law enforcement officials explain any of this to you? No. 
He's taken away on orders from his boss, the chief sheriff's deputy, without knowing if his daughter survived. I watched you, Felix, and I really um, feel like your world has been completely turned upside down as a result of, I'm, you know, just. How are you doing? I'm not the same person that I was. I wish I could still be that dad. But every day I go to the cemetery and I go out there and talk to Lexi. And I always tell her, just keep looking after us, and one day you'll see me coming up to you, and I'll meet her, I'll meet her there at the gates. Three hundred seventy-six officers and law enforcement officials from twenty-three different agencies responded to Rob Elementary. So far, only one Uvalde City police official has been held accountable. Lieutenant Mariano Pargas, the acting chief that day. He was forced to resign after a CNN report showed he knew there was a 911 call from a child in one of the classrooms begging for help, and still he failed to take action. Full of victims. Child called 911. The room is full of victims. Child 911 call. That's Pete Arredondo. He was the chief of the Uvalde School District Police Department at the time. And, 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 you have and an we're going to explain gonna, yourself to the parents. And just so you know, we're going we're gonna to do that eventually, obviously. He was labeled the incident commander by top Texas officials and was fired by the school board in August. I want to get him out before we go in. You know, we already have victims in there. I don't want to have any more, you know what I'm saying? The four remaining school officers who worked for Pete Arredondo were eventually suspended after damning reports back in October from CNN. We as a community need to know 
what every one of our officers did that day. And you still don't know that? We still don't know that. A year later, a year you still later, don't, we don't know. know that. Uvalde Mayor Don McLaughlin says he's been unable to make any further personnel changes within the city police department because his investigators are being prevented from viewing any materials from the case file. So at 11.39, he knew right. that this was an active shooting. We, through sources, obtained the entire case file, hundreds of hours of video evidence, radio transmissions, 911 calls, and crucial recordings from interviews with law enforcement officers, EMTs, and school employees. Most of the information we get, I'm sad to say, I'm glad it's coming out, but it's from people like yourself or another agency. We got more from that than we did anything. Journalists. Yeah. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's pretty sad. Pretty sad. Part of me wants to say, are we going to uncover something you don't want us to see? Are we going to uncover some radio transmissions that you don't want us to hear? Is our investigator going to uncover that? I don't know. Uh, as far as we know, he's the only one that's in the room. But now that what, this information coming in with this kid, supposedly there's kids in there too. If we can find mistakes that we made, perhaps we can keep it from happening in some other community. It is cold. Do you think you'll ever see what you want done, what you think needs to be done to protect your kids who are still, you know, who are living in this community? I think we're going to make sure of it. How, how are you going to go about that? I mean, any way possible. I mean, I'm, I'm never going to let this town forget if, if they don't fire these first few officers. I will never let them forget that. I will be at every city council meeting. I will be just the biggest pain. I, you won't get rid of us. When you're finished with your report, do you, would, if people have to be fired? They'll be fired. If we made mistakes, we have to be big boys and, and own up to it. We have to take our lumps. Do we have our shields? Do we have our yes, shields? Yes, get them. But not just us. Every agency was there has to step up. Are we just waiting for Vortex or what's going on? Hey, Vortex coming in 30 minutes. Accept responsibility. 30 minutes? Yeah. And take your lumps like everybody else. Is it kids room 12? And quit trying to deflect it somewhere else because we're all going to be accountable that day. Everybody hold the channel! While attention has been focused on five school police officers and 25 local cops, there were 91 state officers from the Texas Department of Public Safety and 149 U.S. Border Patrol agents on scene that day. I don't think that there is even a question, not even a question, that the actions of the Department of Public Safety and other law enforcement agencies there led to further loss of life. It's a pretty strong accusation. What happened that day was gross negligence. And nobody's called for one single head of an agency to quit. Resign or be fired. The big badass cops failed. The Texas Rangers, the guys with the white hats, they failed. And those failures are destined to happen again. 
I have sense in watching you and coming to understand you, you know, almost a year later, that you do feel some blame. And I, and I, and I wonder, and I've wondered why that is. Because I'm her mom. I feel like every mom gets that. Um, it's my job to protect her. It's something I was tasked with when I still carried her. It's, I'm, it's my job. And I didn't see this come, this one coming in. It, and I know that that doesn't make sense to everyone. They're like, of course you didn't see this coming. Nobody did, but it doesn't make it right. She's, she's little. She's a baby. She doesn't know better. So it's not even just that day. There's just so many steps along the way where you think, had I done just this one thing differently, I still have my child. And this didn't happen to us. Lexi's classroom shared a door with another room, room 112, where the gunman also entered. Come on, Jaden! Inside that room are remarkable stories of survival and resilience. (laughs) Grief is a human experience, and the care we receive should be too. Evernorth Behavioral Health ensures all members have access to live, specialized support in person or virtually with a 100% follow-up commitment to make sure they get the help they need. There's always a person there, guiding your employees using data-driven risk monitoring tools so bottled-up feelings don't turn into further suffering. With Evernorth's wide range of behavioral solutions, care can be personalized, simple, and more accessible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash grief support. All There Is with Anderson Cooper is supported by Evernorth Health Services. Grief is a human experience. Shouldn't the care we receive feel human too? That's why Evernorth Behavioral Health ensures all members have access to live, specialized support anytime, in person or virtually, with a 100% follow-up commitment to make sure that they get the help that they need. So no matter what stage of grief your employees may be in, there's always a person ready to listen. Stressful times can lead many to bottle up complex feelings, especially at work. 59% of those suffering say nothing. This can have unexpected and serious mental and physical health implications. And with Evernorth's data-driven risk monitoring tools, they can help spot challenges early and step in to guide individuals to care before they undergo any more suffering. Each person's grief is as unique as they are which is why Evernorth offers a wide range of personalized behavioral solutions to meet the needs of every member that they serve. Learn more at evernorth.com slash grief support. Are you with officers or are you barricaded somewhere? I'm in classroom, boys, classroom, mother. 112. 112. He is in the room full of victims, full of victims at this moment. 
said that she said to put to smear blood on you to make it look like you were shot so chloe told the kids mm -hmm. the other kids to put blood yeah visit like put her body in the blood yeah she put her body in it because she didn't want the shooter to come in and see that she was still alive It's amazing how she thinks like that, but it's also sad that she had to do that at 10 years old. She had to think that way. You know, it's sad that, that all the survivors in there had to witness that and do that. Ah, got you. Love you. Her dad being a Marine helped a lot, you know, because we used to sit on the couch and watch movies and he would, um, he would just tell her like what to do in those type of situations. We don't know if he has anybody in the room that he needs. I think he does. He does. He has nine children. How far are y'all away? They're inside of the building, okay? You need to stay quiet, okay? They're inside the building. You just need to stay quiet. Knowing the police didn't do anything, it's just crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Does she ever ask you why? The police took so long. She she does. She's like, Mom, why did it why did it take police so long to come in here? I don't even know what to say to her. She don't she don't trust any police now. Can you can you go get a breaching tool? Like for a trailer house. They let everybody in that those conjoined rooms down. Families have changed forever because they were too weak to go in the room. But my ten year old sitting across the door was offering to open it, and they still didn't want to go in. Chloe's mother asked us to show her body cam video of the moment police breached the classroom and pulled Chloe out alive. The video has not been released to the public. 
we are not showing any footage from inside her classroom. Why do you feel it's important for you to see this? My daughter sat through it for 77 minutes. Just as a mom, I feel like I should, like I want to see everything that hurt my baby. This, it'll be a few minutes. So. Okay. And that was her. So that was Chloe. Did you see her? Did you recognize her? She also wanted to watch video of her daughter and other children placed on a school bus and taken to the hospital. The video is disturbing. Chloe wasn't physically hurt during the attack, and remember, the blood you're about to see is not hers. We got one in the yeah. I was on the phone with the police officer. Oh, that was you? Okay. Okay. <laughs> if you want me to stop, let me know, okay? Are you okay or you want me to stop? Hmm? Are you okay? You want me to stop? You okay? Hey, y'all are gonna go home to your mom's and dad's, okay? What's your name? Okay, no. We can go home to your dad, okay? It's a lot, right? Do you want to stop? I'm sorry. It's okay. But it gives you some idea. But she was incredibly brave there. She had to go through all that, you know? And seeing there sitting covered in blood. I wish I could, you know, switch places with her and, you know, go through it and for her so she didn't have to. But now we just have to learn to, to live with it. And, Deal with it one day at a time. It's definitely stressed her out, PTSD, like all of that. She has all of that. You know, she she can't walk into a restaurant or any kind of building without counting every exit of the door. Well, she counts exits? Yes. If we go to McDonald's, she sits closest to the door that she can. And do you think it's because she's trying to figure out if this happens again, how am I going to get yes. out of here? I know for sure that's what it is. She's told you that? She's told me that. She says, if something happens, i got to make sure I'm, I'm in a, a place 
where I can either get out or, or hide or duck down because the police is going to take a long time to get here. The timeline and just different things that we were hearing from sources, things were not adding up. And then when you go back and you look at this video, it still doesn't make any sense as to why they were waiting for so long. And then you see these kids that come out of the room and it's just the look on their face. What are you gonna do with all the kids? Where are they gonna be? Well, we're gonna have the dads take them. Okay. To, you know, take them to Walmart. Okay, fine. Just understand how brutal some of this is. I'll be ready, Shaman. I think we all are. I think we need this to clear our minds a little bit. Like, we have to see it. Like, we really do. This will help us get by, I think. Okay. I'm gonna run all this by our folks. I just, as I talk to you about it, like I'm shaking about it because I know what's on there and how um, how horrible it is. But I understand what you guys need and, and I'm, I totally get it. I don't know who wants to see the video and who doesn't. And I don't know how we're gonna do this right now because it's just, it's a lot. I don't know if all of you want to watch this video or not. I don't know where folks stand. Okay. I know Cassandra does. I don't know how the rest of you feel, but. I do. You do or you don't? I do. You do, okay. We don't normally do stuff like this, so that's why part of it. So, like, um, in this process, of course, like, we kind of need to explain to you guys um, why we're doing it, why you want to do it, and then kind of, like, why we agreed to do it. I think the reason we want to watch it is because when Mia explains it to us, we want to put, you know, the story together, see what, when she tells us things, like what it is, how how it happened. Me, I just want to see the, the big picture of it, exactly what she went through, where she was at, you know, I just, that's. And how they suffered. Yeah, I want to see, that's my thing, how they suffered and why they suffered so long, you know what I mean? The truth is going to finally come out one day, but I mean, what can you do? You just got to wait patiently until the truth come out. I think we've only been called once or twice to the DA's office at the beginning and now we haven't been told nothing. The answers that you want, you're not getting from authorities. We're not getting it from nobody. Oh, 
Standing around for. Let's go. Move, 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 move. I like to say there's some. That's all I like to say. son crying out for help and they didn't think he was shot. <laughs> I'm happy he's here. I mean, I'm upset because of what he had to go through for 77 minutes. See all his friends being carried out like rag dolls. Like they didn't exist no more. It's sad because that's all the memories he has. What about for, for you, do you think? Does it answer any questions? Yes, it does. Knowing that my daughter was passing out. Do you think it will, it will help you with trying to heal? Heal, yes, it will. 
we were not sure you know what to do also whether to show to you guys because it's just never been done before you know for us to we kind of feel like the authorities should be the ones doing this for you and they're not but thank you for doing that i mean gave her answers gave me closure you know all of us closure basically mm -hmm. i hope this helped in some way it did, it did. thank you I'm Ina Garten. Welcome to Be My Guest, the podcast. One of the best gifts you can give friends is spending time together. But what's even better than that? Cooking with them. On Be My Guest, the podcast, new friends and old stop by my barn for some conversation and great cooking. We talk about food, life, and everything in between. Listen to Be My Guest, the podcast with me, Ina Garten, and join us wherever you get your podcasts. the shooting and what's it called he came in our door and shot the window like the little window is like this that was it called and then he raised his arm and unlocked the door and then he starts shooting we gotta get in there he just keeps shooting we gotta get in there and then he said are, are y'all all ready to die And how's your leg? Well, I just got in bad news. You got bad news? Yeah. What did the doctor say? That I never, uh, my leg will never be the same again. I am gonna be disabled. In, in the bus? Yes, okay. Okay. He got shot from the top of his thigh and it and exited out to the back. So that left a big old ball, which you can see when he walks. And he walks with a limp and so it's, it's really hard and he can't run because then he'll fall. Okay. I try to remember what my old self looked like, feel like. What would you say some of the differences are between what you were to what you are now? Well, right now, I have a gunshot wound, but my old self didn't. I played football a lot, I could run, but now I can't. I can't do what I love. Do you 
everything about your friends from, from class that day? Yes. What do you think about? Well, I think um, that I miss them. How about you, Jaden? Miss my friends. I mean, there's a lot of differences in between him since that day. Like, certain things trigger him. This lady looked at him with the evil eyes and he had an anxiety attack and he was like, Mom, it reminded me back to the way the gunman was looking at me with his evil eyes. Phones you wear a lot. Mm-hmm. Why? So it can help me. So I so if anything, like if I hear something bad, I change. I can just put my headphones on, so I won't have to hear it. Come on, Jaden. What about for you? What are some of the things that you've been doing this year? Um. Well, I've been trying to get back to my old self. Nine. What was that like, your old self? Well, uh, I was happy, you know. Do you, do you feel that you're getting back to that way? Yeah. You? So when the hearing starts, the chairman will then uh, call witnesses, and those of you who registered to testify will be called in the order that you registered. My name is Kimberly Rubio. I am the mother of Lexi Rubio, a victim of the Rob Elementary shooting in Uvalde. This is my husband, Felix, and Lexi's father. I arrived here today at 8 a.m. And as we waited more than 13 hours, I'm reminded of May 24th, 2022, when we waited hours to be told our daughter would never come home. I expressed confusion then, and I'm perplexed now. Did you think we would go home? You would think with this kind of failure that we would be at a point where there would be some kind of accountability. How do you explain that, that there's nothing? I was told by one uh, leader here in the state of Texas on the other side of the aisle, there's a reason we don't look at the videos. It's pretty sick and pretty sad. And they don't want to acknowledge failure. What's been the toughest for you? To see these families and not have answers. That's the toughest. We can't start healing and get closure till we get answers there. 
Does she see her ability to do great things in these difficult kind of situations? Does that give her any kind of strength? Um, honestly, right now, she doesn't look at it that way. She does. Like, too young. We see, we see that in her, you know, in all of them that went through that. Yeah, yeah. But in her head, she's she should have done more. In her head, she it's kind of like a survivor's guilt thing right now. When you say survivor's guilt, does she does she ever question why she survived and like why? Yes, she does. She says that she should have died in the room too. I definitely am proud of her and believe that she is she's a strong girl. I'm just trying to convince her of it. Yeah. Lexi deserved to have been here and forged her own path and made a difference in this world the way that she wanted to. And that was taken from her. So I just feel like it's my job as her mom to make sure she can still do that. And she can. She's more than just a victim. And if there's change that comes as a result of this, well, I like to think that she had a, a part in that. These same mass shootings that occur everywhere now, you always see the body cam the next day now. We went straight in, we didn't delay. It's because of this that they say that, right? It's because of this. What they do and how they speak has changed because of what happened in Uvalde, Texas. I don't expect us to be the same people that we were before this happened. But we lost our daughter, we lost ourselves. We're just trying to pick up the pieces and do what we can with it. Do you worry about that? That your pain will always probably exist in some ways? Yeah. It's hard to think of a life where you're never happy again, where you just kind of want it all to be over. It's not normal, I guess. Mm -hmm. it's, it, you, should, you should look forward to life, and I think we're just ready kind of reach the finish line. It's, what, what kind of life is it here? When you say the finish line, what do you mean? I mean, I want to see her again. I want to be with her again. Just sounds horrible to wait. Just, we're just waiting. But the, the finish line almost sounds like death. Yeah, that's, I think that's what everybody wants, to just be with their kids again. I think that's normal. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.